Welcome to a Thanksgiving Eve edition of our midweek All-22 Coaches Breakdown with Jay Fiedler. I'm Jason Sarney. And Jay, let's talk a little bit about and go right into it what you noticed about Tua Tonga-Valoa at Denver. Now that we have the Coaches 22, a lot's coming out. You're going to talk specifically about that rolling out to the right and how you think there could be a little discomfort from that hip injury. Yeah, well, you know, we had touched based on it uh, in past episodes. Uh, you know, number one, uh, you know, that the offense needs to just expand and keep the defenses honest by rolling uh, two out to his left, and that'll help, you know, open up the opportunities to get him back out to uh, – I'm sorry, rolling to his right, and that'll open up the opportunities to get him back out to his left side, which is, you know, the strength in his game is, is rolling out to the left and, and throwing on the move. Uh, going that way, um, you know, but one of the things that I saw from the Denver game, uh, you know, just in my, uh, you know, technical eye was I, I think he might still be a little bit tight from uh, uh, from the hip surgery and his core and his rotation. And with that, I wanted to bring in an expert uh, who looks at these things, who understands injuries uh, and, and, you know, can watch the film with us. To really analyze what's going on with the with the recovery, with the rehab, uh, you know where Tua might be standing right now, what he still needs to do uh, to get back to 100%. Uh, so I called up my good friend, the pro football doc, uh, Dr. David Chow. He's a longtime uh, NFL team doctor. He was a team doctor for the uh, San Diego Chargers for about uh, 16, 17 years. And he's he runs a great podcast a website, uh, uh, a great resource for FanDuel, for Outkick.com, and for his own ProFootballDoc.com. Uh, uh, and I want to welcome in Dr. David Chow. David, how are you, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me, Jay. And a little casual this sort of weird Thanksgiving week. I, I did find a hiding place away from the kids, so hopefully, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's actually in their hallway and room. You see the uh, you see the kids' books in the background. But at least I'm away from the dog and the kids right now. That's all right. You could just you could just lie to everyone and tell them it's your medical reference books back there. We can't really see the titles. <laughs> They're a little thin for that. They're yeah. a little thin for that. We're we're in a new 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 home, uh, pandemic home, to give the kids some more room, and uh, I don't have everything set up yet. So. Yep. Uh, Okay, work. well, you know, before before we kind of get into a little bit of the film analysis, uh, I, I want to just, you know, I want you to just touch base on the injury that Tua had uh, in Alabama, you know, what that entailed, what, uh, you, you know, the, 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 the prognosis for recovery was, uh, and, and, you know, where you think he's, you know, at right now. Sure, and for those who don't know, I, I mean, I did a lot of film study, so, Jay, when I yep. would see a guy on the field, on the sideline, in the locker room, the day after the game in an MRI. I realized that, look, everyone in the building on Monday looks at film. And there were occasions when I talked to a player and said, well, did you figure out what happened to your knee? I'm not sure. I still have to go look at film. And I would have about 45 minutes between the training room and meeting with the GM. So I'd go to the video room with the head athletic trainer and just started looking at video. Why? I don't know. I mean, everyone in the building looks at video. And it was kind of like um, uh, weirdly Jeopardy, right? I knew the answer because I examined him to have the MRI, but, but what was the question, right? What was the video? And so now 
what I do for the last few years, pro football doc and so, so forth, is I look at video to try and get to the answer. And we've been, it's not 100%, it's 95% accurate, but look, uh, if, you, if a listener goes to the, uh, goes to the uh, doctor and says, I was playing basketball and uh, a guy hit my knee on the outside and the doctor, and I hurt my knee, the doctor says, what happened? And he says, well, I landed for a rebound, the guy hit me on the outside, my knee buckled this way. It's kind of the video, and that's kind of what I do. As far as Tua was concerned, I actually don't watch a lot of college football because I watch between Thursday night, all the games on Sunday, Monday night. I mean, I'm trying to stay married and, you know, whatever. So, so I, my joke to my wife is I watch the same amount of sports I always did, but I just watch NFL now. I don't watch the other sports uh, to make up for it. So I still remember one of my pro football dot guys because we have that business and so forth now yeah. with the website, with the field view injury index. And it's free for Jay Fiedler followers. Just go and log in. It's free. Uh, we're we're uh, really developing it out. And uh, I got my phone started to blow up from NFL reporters and texts and whatever. And somebody sent me the video, my assistant. And literally it was video from Twitter on my cell phone. And I look, I go, oh, shoot, he dislocated his hip, right? And, uh, and uh, taken off. And so we kind of knew fractured dislocation of the hip. And from that moment, I was saying, look, assuming there's no avascular necrosis, the hip injury, the hip dislocation did not end Bo Jackson's career. The avascular necrosis, the lack of blood flow, ended his career. So I said from the get-go, as long as Tua doesn't have that, he'll be okay. And as draft came up, my party line was, if Tua was the consensus number one pick overall before the hip, he shouldn't fall out of the top 10. He should still be near the top. Now, if you want to argue Joe Burrow leapfrogged him based on performance, yeah, sure, absolutely. And sure enough, the Dolphins took him at five. And then yep. the next iteration all along as you know jay i've said that uh and i'm sure you'll agree with this i love the game of football is not that easy it's not that easy to sign with a new team to be an nfl vet sign with a new team and just boom playbook and it's even harder for a college guy so what i said all along is it wasn't the hip that was going to prevent Tua from starting week one it was the college transition without an off-season program with a very limited training camp and, you know, that's just really hard, and which is why, as you know, he starts now after the bye where he gets a chance to, to get some reps. So overall, the hip hasn't been the limiting factor. But what you're bringing up is he, what I've been saying, the hip is healthy and he can play. And what you're trying to point out is, is the hip 100%. Right, and that's a different story. Look, I know, I know. As a quarterback, you know, there there are times you know you go out with with certain injuries, and and technically and physically you could perform, but you're not a hundred percent in in everything that you could do. Uh, you know, so so it's just a little bit off. And and the great athletes are, are the ones that are able to make those adjustments. Okay, when when your technique, uh, you know, in, in rotating your hips or, or in, in getting a full, you know, range of motion in your shoulder or whatever it is, uh, you know, you compensate for that. And the great athletes are the ones that can compensate and still perform, okay? But my thesis, you know, in, in watching Tua 
is, you know, he's not 100%, so he has to come up with a, a little compensation, which, you know, I, I think he'll, you know, he's, you know, a tremendous athlete. He's he's able to do, but, you know, let's speak the truth here about where he's at in his, in his rehab and recovery. I, th- I think that's a fair point. One of the things I always say, I would assume you'll agree with this, Jay, certainly by week 12, 85% is a good week in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to me, I always say people like, oh, but uh, that team only has three players on the injury report. I'm like, if you tell me three doctors are traveling minimum, minimum four athletic trainers and five are traveling to take care of three players, you're, you're joking yourself. I mean, like there's a lot more going on than that. And I'm not saying teams are cheating, but 85% is a good week now. And, you know, obviously the injury report stuff is beyond bumps and bruises. And, uh, and look, do I think Tua is 100%? Now, bear in mind, I'm the one who said he should be fine. He's draftable. The concern is, will he have a 10, 12, 15-year career as arthritis sits in? Can he get through a first contract? Absolutely. So during the draft, I was saying take Tua if you have football value. But on the other side, you have to be honest, is Tua 100%? I would have to say, no way. I mean, is a car, a brand new car, that's in a major car accident, that's fixed, that runs well. Is it brand new again? Obviously not. I mean, he had a major injury to his hip. Is he brand new 100%? No. Could he be, is he at 95, 98, or 87 in terms of, Depends on for what, range of motion, this, that, the other. And I think that's what you're pointing out. So I'm not slinging. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think there's no, yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt, uh, you know, from a, from a strength, from a structural standpoint, you know, being able to take the hit, being able to run, being able to, to move and, and avoid uh, pressure and avoid, you know, defense. You know, I think the hips, you know, as good as it's going to be is, uh, you know, as, as good yes, as Yes, he's it. not going to re-dislocate. He is right. not going to re-dislocate. Exactly, exactly. I, you, know, uh, you know, for me now, just, you know, knowing what I've gone through, you know, with, with certain rehabs, uh, whether, uh, you know, I did have hip surgeries, uh, uh, you know, albeit not, not quite as, as extensive as, as what he went through, um, you know, but I know getting that range of motion back is, is a process and it takes time. And, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger the injury, the, the more, you know, that fine-tuned range of motion, the longer it takes. Uh, and, you know, just, uh, you know, touch base on that where, you know, that kind of injury. No, no can question. Get, yeah, can you get full range of motion back in a year? You know, would it, could he possibly, you know, Maybe, uh, you know, if he gets through this season healthy and has a full off season, you know, to, to continue his process, to, to continue developing, you know, physically uh, around that hip, you know, is that something that, you know, he can get back to, you know, his pre-injury range of motion? Well, here's what I would have to say. That, first of all, recovery is not a light switch. It's right. not, you know, five months and 29 days you can't. And six months, voila, you can do it all. It's very gradual. And the final 5 or 10% takes longer than the first 50% or the first 75% in terms of recovery. The fine points of recovery take a lot longer. And I think that's where Tua's in right now. Can he get better? Hopefully, maybe. 
Will he get to 100%? Maybe not. But, you know, 95% of two is pretty darn good, right? And it's adjustments. Since this is Dolphins, let's take a look at Dolphins historically. Dolphins fans probably remember Dan Marino at the end of his career after that Achilles. Was he the same? No way. He had a brace on his ankle there supporting it. He had one foot back to help him get out from underneath the, the center. He won the same, but he made the adjustments to make it work. Right. Was that 100% Dan Marino? No way, right? But, you know, Dolphins fans can remember that. And for the young ones, you can look up film. I mean, he coming out from under center, he was a little bit of a hot mess, but I'd want him as my quarterback, right? I mean, uh, so different situations. And Tua, and I'm flattered, Jay, because first of all, I always take your call and whatever, but I was like, wow, you want me to look at film? You're a, you're a football guy. You want me to look at film? I'm just a doctor, you know? Okay, I'll look at film and have some fun and, uh, and look at this stuff. So, no, so yeah, it's, uh, it was fun. I went back and looked at some of the plays, and, uh, and I, I see what you're talking about and, uh, in terms of uh, the questions that you raise. Okay, let's just go through. I actually got it pulled up right here. Uh, you know, the first time that he did run the bootleg uh, out to the right side, and this was, uh, you know, the interception that uh, that was called back off of, off of the penalty from, from last game. Uh, now, I, I don't think the interception was caused by any range of motion issues. I think it was more the pressure on him, uh, uh, you know, at, at the point of attack when he was releasing the ball. Uh, and... and uh, uh, you know, but I want to just kind of go through and watch, you know, as he makes his turn and gets his uh, shoulders squared back downfield, you know, what I saw and, and you know, uh, in him was, you know, some tightness and in, in that his lower body was kind of swinging around uh, as he made that turn. You know, he wasn't as fluid as, as, as you see, uh, you know, most quarterbacks uh, when they do go, uh, move to their uh, uh, non-dominant side. So, you know, let's just go through and I'll slow it down uh, as we get to uh, his turn here. Okay, so he comes off the play fake. Uh, and he gets around and like we teach our, our quarterbacks, get that front shoulder turned around. And when he does that, it looks like his feet kind of, you know, swing out from underneath him. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I saw, you know, that showed me, uh, you know, that getting that torque in the upper body was affecting his lower body getting uh, getting around. Uh, now, again, you know, I think uh, he ducked away from, from pressure and the ball ended up low instead of getting up over the top of Miller. Uh, uh, Simmons, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, Simmons was able to get his hand on it and, and get the interception. Was not caused by his tightness, but, you know, just something that, you know, we've looked at and we've, uh, you know, uh, you know, that I've looked at and I've seen and just, you know, like I said, wanted to get a professional uh, medical opinion and, you know, to look at the video and see the same thing. Well, look, you know, there's no question that it's harder to roll the opposite way and throw, okay? Yeah. And so we all know that it's harder and some do it better than others. And I haven't studied enough to a film going back to college to know what his pattern is. There's no question as you point out this play, that something is off. Now, is it the hip and his lack of motion? Is it the fact that he still mentally favors it? For example, one of the things we do for people after an ACL is teach them how to walk and not limp and not favor it. 
And mentally, because you've been doing it for a while, you have to break that habit again. And uh, is it that? Is it just the pattern? Is it that his hip can't? Is it the pattern that he's used to that he needs to break? Does he need to do more rehab? Or is it just mechanics? Or is it just mentally not fully trusting it? Or is it the speed of the NFL where he got surprised how quickly the guy came upon him? Clearly, and I'm not trying to be a quarterback guru, the mechanics are off there. One of the things I would say for sure is he doesn't step into the throw, right? And because of the onrusher. And that changes your accuracy tremendously. So the question is why – I think everyone would say the mechanics aren't great on that play. Now, why is the question? Is it mental? Is it the speed of the game? Is it, you know, getting used to rolling out that way? Or is it the hip? Or is it the pattern that he's got used to? That's the question mark. So I I can't from this say that his problem on that play is due to his right hip that was dislocated. And and I I agree. I don't don't think the end result was – you know, right. a, a factor of, you know, the, the, the hip not being 100% or, or his mobility not being. Uh, right. But uh, I can say, of based that. on that play, that you can't tell me that play does not prove to me that his hip is 100% because he doesn't really rotate it. That doesn't mean it's not, doesn't have the range of motion. But on that play, yeah. he doesn't demonstrate full range of motion on the hip. The question is why, right? Whether he can and just didn't do it or whether he can't until you examine him, hard to say. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And it's something, you know, I've tried looking back at uh, at some of his Alabama highlights as well. And, uh, you know, later on in the show, I'm going to make a comparison uh, from, you know, one of the plays in this game to, to you know, a previous uh, play as well in terms of pocket movement. But, uh you know, when you when you look at his uh, Alabama highlight film, you, I I couldn't find one play where he was rolling out to his right. So you know, it's no, there's no comparison to to go by uh, from it. You know, this was just kind of my trained eye and working with uh, hundreds of quarterbacks over the years. Uh, you know, when you see guys roll out to their non-dominant side, there's you know the, there's a, a fluidity. Uh, and guys that have that core range of motion and they're, you know, and you could see, uh, you know, not that guys struggle, but it, it looks a little bit harder for them to to get their full body rotated around and get their front shoulder down to their target downfield uh, for guys that are a little bit tighter in their core. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then uh, actually just going to pull up the other uh, uh, play that they, that he rolls out that uh, I think you took a look at as well. Okay. And this is a completion that he had to, to Malcolm Perry out, out in the flat. Uh, but again, he's rolling out to, to his right. And this time now he's on a full move. Okay. This time his lower body looks good, but he doesn't ever really get his shoulders totally around. Okay. Uh, to make this throw. It doesn't need to. Uh, you know, I'm getting very nitpicky here, uh, you know, just because of the basis of the conversation right now. Um, you know, and, and he delivers the ball on time. He gets a, you know, a, a, a great throw. Okay. But again, just looking, you know, from a, from a trained eye of working with quarterbacks. Okay. I, I just think, uh, you know, this is something that he's going to, you know, have to work on it through his off season 
this year and and with his uh you know with his trainers with uh you know the team trainers i'm sure he has personal trainers uh as well uh you know as he gets into the off season uh you know but getting that range of motion in, in his in his core uh you know to, to to torque his shoulders and hips is going to be a key factor of him continuing to develop uh, from his rookie year into his second year. No, I think you're right. And the difference here on this play, he actually does step into the throw, but then he doesn't have pressure in his face either, right? True. So uh, it's no doubt uh, about it. And it's an easier throw, uh, this one, no question. And he, he makes it fine, but you see him step into the throw there. And that obviously improves his accuracy, but it's hard to compare apples to oranges last play in, in, uh, in uh, this play, no question. Of course, of course. Well, Doc Chow, I really appreciate it. Jason appreciates it. Uh, we thank you tremendously for your time uh, coming in with us uh, today. Uh, and, and I look forward to getting out in New York or San Diego with you. Uh, you, know, you could get me into some of the uh, some of the hot spots like you've, like you've done over the past uh, uh, couple decades with me. We always have a great time together, uh, and I certainly appreciate it for fans. You know, anyone who's who's a fantasy fan, who's a, 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 a betting fan of, of pro football, uh, if you want a great resource to learn about injuries and, and, and get, you know, a, a great assessment of what's going on, you know, make sure you follow profootballdoc.com uh, uh, at Twitter, uh, Twitter at profootballdoc. Uh, and he's also on FanDuel uh, platform and, and uh, outkick.com as well. Hey Jason, you see, did you did you notice that veteran move there? That was an absolute vet move. Fantastic tease right there. And but, but on top of that, see, he was worried. He knows me well. He was worried I was going to say something about the stories, and so he had to prophylax it, like leak the news a little bit to to get the framework and and then blunt anything I might have. I can't believe you don't trust me, Jay. I can't believe that. I, I've been I've been in front of the cameras, in front of uh, reporters. <laughs> you know, I've done my own PR for a long time. I, I gotta, yeah. you know, I know how. That to was a vet move. I'd have to ask, as my job, it's to elaborate on what you guys might be talking about. But uh, you know, if we want to keep that for another time, we could as well. <laughs> it's a good story. We'll keep it for another time. See, I love it. Uh, I, my vet move is I know Jay well enough that maybe he doesn't want me to tell that story right now. So we'll let that. Well, we want you back. So we're going to, okay. we're going to, we want you back. We'll, we'll bring you back and we'll get it. We'll, we'll have more time to get into stories like that. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much, Doc. Have, have a, a great, great day. day. Great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Thank you. Oh, that was a great, great guest. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Doc. And obviously, you know, I do my dabble in fantasy, Jay. I got to be honest, this is going to be a daily trip before I set my lineups is to uh, Pro Football Doc. So thanks for setting that up. And, uh, you know, now with that hip situation, with that discomfort, it also we have to talk about the huge elephant in the room with what happened. And that was the, the benching because that's what it was. And I want you to just kind of talk from a quarterback standpoint, and I know you're going to bring back some sort of anecdote, which I think we're going to remember uh, if you kind of can elaborate on that with what you noticed from that benching in your history in football. Yeah, well, well, look, you know, anytime a, an athlete gets benched, uh, you know, it, it's, it's how that athlete reacts, uh, you know, to that situation you know, which, which is telling in, in, in his character and his confidence uh, and, and in, 
you know, the way the team reacts going forward. Uh, so, you know, we've always talked about here how, you know, we love to his character. We love his makeup. We love, you know, the confidence uh, that he has. And that's something that he's going to have to show now, uh, you know, coming off of that. Because, you know, uh, anytime, you know, you get pulled out of a game, you know, number one, you're pissed off that, you know, your performance wasn't uh, up to par. Uh, so, you know, from an, from an introspective view, you know, you, you're pissed off at yourself for, for, for not performing and, and giving the coach uh, the excuse to take you out. Uh, and then number two, you know, you got teammates looking at you and, and saying, you know, hey, you know, uh, we know we weren't all, uh, you know, performing that well uh, also. Okay, but what are we going to do as a whole? What are you going to do as our leader uh, to come back and, and, and uh, you know, right the ship again uh, and, and get us back on track? And, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, it, it reminds me of my rookie year. Uh, and it was another lefty quarterback. So my rookie year was 1994. I was playing with the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was week five or six. Uh, we traveled out to San Francisco. Uh, and George Seifert, uh, 49ers, uh, we were playing them, uh, uh, you know, I think they were three and one, four and one uh, at the time. We actually had a, a very good record. Uh, you know, we were, uh, uh, you know, competing for, for the top uh, spot in the NFC East at the time uh, as well. And the top spot back then in the NFC East was actually a winning record. So <laughs> as opposed to right now. Uh, so, you know, they, they were all really good teams back then. Uh, but we went out, you know, the, the, the Eagles, and we absolutely dominated San Francisco. And, you know, towards the end of the game, I think it was 40, 40 to 8 was, was the final score. But towards the end of the game, George Seifert uh, pulled Steve Young, who, you know, Hall of Fame, lefty quarterback. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of comparisons were made from uh, Tua being, you know, lefty, a good athlete. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of comparisons were made uh, to Steve Young. Uh, but, you know, for fans that remember that, you know, Steve Young got pulled and it was explosive on the sidelines. You know, he came out and he got into a jawing match with Seifert on the sidelines, really ripped into him. And you knew that, you know, look, he was pissed off at himself, but he was also pissed off at, at the coach for kind of pulling him out in that situation and not, not allowing him, you know, to finish the game and right the ship uh, at that time. Now, you know, a little bit different situation. You know, Steve Young at that time in 1994, he, he had been the starting quarterback for, for a few years. He was already, uh, 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 you know, a proven guy in the NFL. Uh, he already proved himself, uh, uh, you know, so there was no question of whether he was going to, you know, come back and, and be the start of the next game, okay? But just that, you know, uh, that, that psychology of getting pulled from a game, you know, rubbed him the wrong way, okay? And what they did, you know, what they ended up doing that season was Steve Young came back, uh, you know, the offense got right behind him. He didn't lose his confidence. He got pissed off. He showed his feelings on the sidelines, and, and it was, you know, something that was, that was uh, you know, very controversial at the time of him and Seifert getting into, into a joint match. Uh, but what did he do? He came back the next week. He went on to win 10, 10 games in a row that season. They actually lost the last game of the season 
uh, in a game that they didn't need. And, and uh, I think Young only played about a quarter of that game, uh, you know, just to save everyone uh, for the playoffs. Uh, and they went on and won Super Bowl. And, you know, the famous uh, Steve Young getting the monkey off his back uh, Super Bowl where he threw for six touchdown passes, uh, uh, still a Super Bowl record. So, uh, you know, that's something I would like to see from Tua now. Am I saying the Dolphins are going to go on and, and win the rest of their games and go, and go to the Super Bowl and win? That would be unbelievable. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, quite where this team is is just yet. Okay, but what I want to see is how Tua is going to react and how the offense is going to react coming off of, uh, you know, that situation. Uh, having a bad game, uh, you know, getting benched uh, towards the end of the game and now coming back to be the starter for next week and, and moving forward throughout the season. You know, what are they going to do and how are they going to react? And, uh, you know, that's something, uh, uh, you know, I have a lot of confidence in, in Tua and his character and his makeup and his confidence uh, that, that he could do it and get the team back on track. Okay, but that's something I want to see over the next, uh, you know, obviously this game and over the next few weeks going forward. I would wholeheartedly agree with that, Jay, because, you know, you want your leader to, yeah, it's great when, how is he going to do after a win? How are you going to do after things are going great? Show me the guy that reacts to adversity and after one taking a step backwards, if he could take three steps forward, that's a net positive. So I'm really looking forward to that development, what's going on in between the ears, which we do know Tua has that gumption to come back and really have, you know what, give me 75% of what Steve Young did after that but it's an opportunity for him to show us what he could do speaking of opportunity there were missed opportunities and you're going to bring up some tape on what was missed at the denver game yeah there, there were uh uh you know a lot of people uh you know post game talk about the you know the chain gailey offense and and not taking shots downfield and not uh you know making the plays you know, this is something they got to execute now, okay? Because there were there were opportunities out there, and you know, Denver, you know, uh, uh, Denver came out and played a lot of man coverage, a lot of kind of combination man coverage. So, uh, what I mean by that is, you know, they played man on the outside, but you know, they had different combinations of how they protected over the, you know, uh, beyond the man man coverage on the receivers. Uh, sometimes they kind of matched up three on two uh, on, on the inside receivers. Sometimes they played a robber uh, coverage. Sometimes they blitzed five and played straight man-to-man -man with the, with safety over the top. Okay, but but this is something you know. Unless this offense is able to make plays against man-to-man, -man, unless these receivers are, are able to separate, uh, and, and unless two is 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 able to. Uh, uh, deliver the ball and make these plays and make these uh, these defenses pay for pressuring and playing man to man. You're going to see that continue uh, throughout the season. So, uh, you know, I'm going to show you a few plays where they missed opportunities, but they're there. And if they can make these plays go the defense kills rather than in aggressive mode, which is where you saw Denver play for for a good portion of the game. Okay, so we'll start off right from right from the first play of the game, and we touched base on it last week and uh, uh, talking to to Ronde Gadsden of how we opened up against the San Diego Chargers, uh, you know, back in, in in 2000, and this was the same exact place. Little stutter go on the outside, 
they were looking to come out and, and make a big play, first play of the game. And it was there. Uh, you know, they had opportunities to make it, okay? But, you know, it takes 11 guys on your side in order to make these plays. Now, we talk, we touched base on Monday, okay, the jump off that, uh, that Bradley Chubb got off the edge uh, and able to upset the timing. Now, ideally, you'd want to just drop back you know, get your get your four or five steps in, and uh, you know, and, and deliver the ball on time. Uh, okay, but this rush in here and this inside move on Jackson, getting pressure into his face right away, upsets his timing. It takes him off of looking for his number one guy out here in, in Parker, and you know, comes back to to Grant on the on the on the on the bottom side. Uh, but he was a little bit late. The timing was off. It was, you know, a tough throw, uh, but the opportunities were there, as you see. Okay, just go forward right. Okay, let me just go back just a, a hair. Okay, you got receivers right here that got step on on the D-backs. Okay, and if he's on time and he's, and he's able to, to deliver the ball on time, okay, two-yard separation on a D-back is something that, you know, is rare uh in, in this league especially over the top of guys okay and these are the, these are throws that you saw to a you know make in alabama the over the top throws to to rugs and judy uh you know and, and one of the things that propelled to 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 become a, a a first round pick and a top five pick uh were these throws the downfield throws and you know so we know he's accurate in doing that okay but you also got to give him you know the rhythm and and timing uh, to deliver that ball as well. Okay, so it's 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 twofold. It's actually threefold. It's on the offensive lineman to protect. It's on the receivers to continue. Uh, you know, getting the separation. It's on Tua to deliver the ball. Okay, so he's uh, a little bit off time off timing. Okay, ball sails over uh, Grant's head. I think I think Grant kind of misjudged it a little bit. It looks like he slowed down just a hair. Okay, as the ball sailed over his head, but. Uh, um, you know, missed opportunity number one on the first play of the game. Okay. I was really unfortunate too. I mean, Parker should have had that uh, should have had that play go his way, but it was disrupted. Yep, and look, and Grant still had a, had a shot on the bottom side as well. Uh, you know, if, if that ball is is delivered, if it's uh, you know, and like I said, it's much easier to make that throw when you're on time and you and you, and you don't have pressure. You don't have to move away, you know, three steps away from from pressure and throw it late, you know, to get the ball downfield. So, uh, uh, you know, that that's on that's on everyone. That's on the guys up front. That's on Tua. That's on uh, uh, you know, and the receivers did their job, uh, you know, getting open. Uh, just got to get a chance uh, for it. Okay, we're gonna come back. Two plays later, okay, third and six. This is again first uh, first drive of the uh, of the game, okay. Another big opportunity downfield, another one to Grant, okay. And this is a this is a play that is actually you know a great play design based on uh, what the defense was showing. And I'm going to stop it right here and kind of just talk touch touch base about what I talked about before of how Denver played a lot of kind of matchup uh, man situation so you can see right here on the outside receiver uh you got uh man the man uh right here grant uh with the d back over here okay straight man the man uh on parker now what they also did when they when they did play man was they kind of cheated justin simmons 
you know, even though he's the free safety uh, in the middle of the field, they always cheated him towards Parker to get a little bit of help uh, on that side. Okay, so they're telling you right now, Jakeem Grant, you got to beat us. Okay, and uh, you know, aside from that, then they then what they did was they kind of did a little matchup three on three, uh, uh, three on two. Okay, with these uh, defenders matching up on the two inside receivers right here. So depending on the combination route combination that that they do, okay, these guys are going to kind of in and out with a little help over the top. Okay, by these three guys. So you got man to man on the outside. You got a linebacker who's uh, actually rushing if uh, if Ahmed stays in and blocks. Okay, if Ahmed releases, which he ends up doing, the linebacker ends up staying with him uh, and peeling out. You got man to man on the outside here. Okay, with no one over the top. Okay, so if you watch this play design, okay, you're gonna see okay a little dig route stutter go okay so a little dig stutter uh we used to call okay where he's running like a an in cut he gets the defender to bite okay and then takes off so it's a double move over the top and watch the separation he gets okay right here as he's going full speed deep defenders just recovering and you got zero help over the top with simmons and I cheating over the top of, of Parker over here. Now, once again, a little bit of pressure up front. Okay, he, he got a clean escape, getting out of the pocket, roll to his left, like you know, in, in his comfort zone and uh, where he does. This is a ball I want to see to a deliver. Okay, and and the ball, you know, with him coming on the move, uh, you know, running towards the line of scrimmage, ends up sailing on him. And look at the separation that you got right here. Okay, speed guy. Getting wow. over the top. Now, with, with throws like this, you know, for two, this is a situation, you know, that, that, that I told, especially in today's NFL. Okay. This is a situation you can't overthrow this if you're a quarterback. Okay. Because you got a, uh, you know, you just did a double move. You got a defender in a recover position. Okay. What I mean by that is he's beat by a couple yards and he's recovering. He's just hauling ass to catch, up, catch back up to the receiver, okay? So he's he's not looking back at the ball, okay? He's not, you know, he's never going to find the ball in the air. This is a ball that an underthrow is okay, okay? So I'd rather underthrow this, okay, and end up getting the pass interference with Grant coming back to the ball and the defender kind of running through him because he's never getting his eyes around. When he's in recovery mode, Okay, you can't overthrow this guy. You got to you got to put it on him or slightly underthrow him to give him a chance to make this play. Okay, uh, you know, and then uh, again we see the ball just kind of sail over the top uh, uh, out of reach. Okay, but uh, you know this is something again experience wise. You know, Tua gets into these situations. You see a, a defender in recovery mode. Give your guy a chance to make that play. Okay, don't let the ball sail uh, sail out uh, out of bounds on that. If that ball was just thrown a little bit more to the center of the field, or even just towards the hash marks as opposed to the sideline, yeah, and, and, and exactly, and he had and he had a ton of room. You know, the the whole field to just pull him to the inside. Okay, to to like I say, you know, you you don't have to get him perfectly in stride on that play. Okay, because you got no help over the top, and you got a a, a recovery, uh, uh, you know, D back in recovery mode. Okay, so those are the plays that you got to uh, uh, 
uh, you know, give your guy a chance no matter what, uh, you know, no matter what you have to do. Uh, so here we are. Okay, they're getting pressure off the uh, off the weak side, and this is again right, same play that we were just talking about uh, before. All right, Parker's going to run a deep cross over here. Okay, you get pressure off the edge, they end up picking it up. Tua moves up in the pocket. Okay, but just misses on that ball. And again, you know this is uh, you know early in the game. You make plays like this, it gives your offense so much confidence. You know through the rest of the game. And great job again, Tua moving up in the pocket. Okay, finding the soft spot. Okay, and just watch his action and watch what happens in the pocket here. And and this is what I was talking about. You know about the the pressure uh, rush. Okay, attacking his strong side and forcing him. Okay, to move back and escape back out to his to his right side. Okay, but I just want you to go back uh, uh, and just watch this full play. Okay, and we'll slow it down. Okay, great job coming back and getting this this block off the edge. Give him time. He steps up in the pocket, and when when he makes his throw, he's kind of falling off a little bit. Okay, it forces the ball to sail just a little bit off of Parker's fingertips. Could he made that play? Uh, yeah, uh, he could have. He got his hand on it. It would have been a tremendous catch. Okay, uh, a, a, a catch by guy OG with his uh, triple X size uh, gloves. Uh, you know, routinely made. Knew that was coming. <laughs> but again, you know, the, the, not an easy catch. Not an e not an easy uh, uh, you know one to to pull down. He made a great effort for it. Okay, one that uh, you know I would. Uh, expect Tua to get a little bit more on his body, okay? He had room in the pocket. He did have to move a little bit, uh, you know, but that's a play that he makes. It's a play that he's made in the past. And I'm going to show you, okay, we talked about, I, I went back through uh, some of his uh, uh, highlights, okay? And we're just going to pull up a highlight from 2008, Alabama against Tennessee. And I want you to watch just his pocket movement and, you know, the same similar uh, type rush, okay, similar type of pocket. He makes the same movement and steps up, steps back to his left, delivers a strike to Jerry, to, to Ruggs uh, down the field, touchdown. Right, look at that movement, same movement, okay, same, same uh, 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 step up away from this pressure block. Okay, step back over to his right to the soft spot in the zone. Get his feet underneath him. And this is something that he didn't do in, in, in the play uh, on Sunday. He didn't get his feet back underneath him. Okay, and this is one. Okay, this is, you know, this is what everyone loved about Tua. Okay, he can make that move. He could get into the pocket. Okay, and he keeps his eyes downfield. He's got his guy downfield. He's got pressure coming right in his face. Uh, he's, he knows he's about to get hit. And he delivers the ball and takes that shot. Okay, no problem. Now, the interception on the rollout, you can see he shied away from this same hit. Okay, and the ball dropped on him uh, with that. So this is the tool that I want to see him get back to him, whether that's a confidence issue, whether that's an injury issue, whether that's just getting back into to feel the game, okay? This is the tour that was drafted number five. This is the tour that, you know, everyone, you know, loved coming out of, coming out of Alabama. And this is the, the, the tour that I want to see, uh, you know, going forward with the Miami Dolphins. 
That would be great to see. And you know, when you mentioned that little stutter step that he did, it's almost like the physical form of the mental hesitation, you know, where what you showed there at the Alabama play, complete fluidity, the whole process from snap to, to getting hit, that was fine. That was just the follow through, you know, everything looked perfect. Whereas, you know, back at the Bronco game, that, that yips almost, maybe it's the confidence, maybe it's the hip, but to me, what you and what the doc have been saying, it's almost very fixable, encouraging for improvement immediately, almost. It is, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's someone who, who has done it before, okay? And, and we fully expect to do it uh, at the next level, okay? Sometimes it takes just a comfort level of, of you know, stepping up and, uh, you know, to that next level. You know, the competition's a little bit better. It's not, uh, you know, he doesn't have the five-star recruits running against the uh, uh, you know, college uh, defenders, okay? These are the best of the best in, in, in the whole world that play on this field on Sundays, uh, okay? And, uh, you know, it takes an adjustment period to, 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 to feel comfortable playing at that level, okay? But like I said, you know, I'm very optimistic that, you know, he's shown he could do it, do it in the past, and he's going to, you know, with his character, with his makeup, with his confidence, uh, you know, he's going to continue to progress Okay, and feel more comfortable so that he could do this again and make these throws. Okay, again, let's just see. Steps up to uh, to avoid pressure, back to his right. Okay, and now he makes the throw, falling away. Okay, to his right side, trying to throw back to his left. Now this is a much more difficult throw than the one we saw in Alabama. Okay, the one in Alabama was more down the field in front of him. Okay, this is moving back to his right, throwing back to his left. Much more difficult throw to make, but one that I know he can make. And, you know, when he does make these throws, is going to take this offense, uh, you know, up to a whole new level. It's a progression. I mean, it's part of the process as well as the offensive line, who, you know, they had the worst game of the year. That That's just obvious. The trenches on both sides did not play great. But, you yeah. know, very encouraging on what Tua needs to go to the drawing board in practice. And, look, as the doc said, if he's – 90 or 87 percent of Tua is still really good. Even 95 percent of Tua is fantastic. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Now this is a play right here. Okay, this one I, I put I put on Tua. Okay, this is one he just missed. He didn't see it. Okay, and the offensive line he ends up getting sacked on this play. The offensive line gets uh, uh, you know get, gets the uh, the demerit for 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 a sack in this game. Uh, you know for another sack. Okay, but this one was on Tua, and, and we're going to see again, okay, this is a a man-to-man -man defense again, okay? Now, they didn't bring, uh, you know, the, the, the same pressure, okay? Actually, they, they did bring five-man pressure. Uh, sorry, they brought five-man pressure up here. They were manned up over here. You can see the two-on-two -two situation, okay, over here on the weak side. And this is something that came up, and I'm going to show it on this play and on the next play, okay? Whenever Miami got into this bunch set, okay, if there was no player up here pressing the point, they were in a zone coverage. But the second that they got up here and pressed the point player, okay, and something the defenses try to do to, you know, uh, offenses that are in bunch sets that want to run, you know, crisscross releases, okay, a lot of times they'll they'll jam the uh, the point guy to try and break up that, uh, you know, that smooth release transition, okay? Now, the Dolphins end up having a perfect play call for this coverage because what happens is you got a point here, okay, who's staying man-to-man -man on the point person, 
uh, uh, right here. You got two defenders right here that are going to be playing inside and out coverage on these two receivers releasing off the ball. So you can see him kind of inside leverage on the inside receiver. Okay, he's outside leverage on the outside receivers. So if these two uh, receivers crisscross, they're going to pass it off. Okay, so one go, one, you know, as soon as the first guy releases inside, this guy is going to take them. Okay, if they both go vertical, okay, then they're going to stay matched up. Now what they end up doing is one of them ends up coming in, uh, across, okay, and the inside receiver Parker starts vertical and then ends up going to the flag, okay? And Justin Simmons is just your free safety. He is, again, uh, uh, you know, cheating towards uh, uh, over the top of Parker, but he's not going to be in a position to make this play, okay? And I'm just going to go forward and stop it right there, okay? You got this defender who saw the inside release start to come down and chase him, okay? And you got Parker running a flag route with zero coverage back there, okay? At this point uh, in the play, two is still in the pocket. He, he could still make this play. You'll see it from the end zone camera, okay? Yeah, they, they did get a little pressure, but he had a clean enough pocket to see this and make this play, okay? And he just missed it, okay? And, and these are plays, again, you know, you design these plays up. A guy, you know, runs, runs wide open, you know, Chan Gailey gets, uh, you know, gets criticized for not, you know, calling plays, uh, you know, where, where they could get downfield. And, you know, this is here, and this is just a miss by the quarterback. Didn't see it. Didn't see the, uh, you know, the rotation. Okay. Came back, uh, you know, still had a, uh, an opportunity. If he didn't see this, if, if he got, you know, uh, 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 off balance in the pocket, he still could have come back knowing it's man-to-man with Grant on an under route, and if he hits him, okay, and he, he does get a step in front of the defender, if he does hit him late as he steps up in the pocket, okay, I'm just going to go forward again real quick. If he does hit him in stride here, you got room to run with a speed guy. Now, chances are he's probably going to make that play, okay, but I, I, I want to see him make that play. Right. Okay, and if, and if you deliver to him on time, but again, let's just go back and look at Parker. Okay, running free with a defender who knows he messed up, you know, just turning around to try and get back over here. Simmons, again, as, as free safety, is not in any position to cover a flag route going towards the sideline. Okay, so that's just a missed opportunity right there. Okay, that could have been, again, a, a big play. This is still early in the game. Okay, well, let's just, uh, you know, what, what, what was it, 7 nothing? You're up 7 nothing. You got a chance. You know, to drive down, go up 14 nothing. Uh, you know, potentially, uh, you know, if you make a play like this and continue on in, in the drive, okay, but you see Parker just running free, hands up, hand up in the air, okay, he knows it, okay, but Tua, uh, again, and we'll see the end zone camera, you know, he's got time and he's got, uh, you know, it's a tight pocket, it's a quick rush, okay, but he could step up and, and if he saw Parker, he can make that throw right there from a clean pocket. Okay. It almost looks like he was looking at him. Uh, yeah, and that's what's you know that's what's perplexing to me. Uh. You know that that he didn't see it. You know I don't know if he just had his eyes underneath. Okay, if he was looking for the quick out. Uh, you know, with with the, the the point receiver running the quick out, knowing that he was in man to man situation. 
Okay, but when you have these plays dialed up, you know, you got to give your guy a shot, uh, you know, and, and, and exhaust your looks downfield. Okay, and then, you know, well, you know, and, and it's fine. Rookie quarterback, you miss the opportunity. Don't make a bad play out of it. Okay, try and run through, uh, you know, make a play with your feet. It's third down. You don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to turn a, a, a missed opportunity into a bad decision. Okay, by, you know, once you miss that opportunity, it's not there. Don't, you know, try and force it late. Don't try and do something stupid. Okay. Uh, you know, he moved in the pocket. He saw a lane. Okay. And that's fine. Uh, you know, try, trying to run uh, for the first down away from pressure at that point. Okay. But again, going back, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, he, he's, he's looking at film on Monday uh, and saying, man, I, I, I really should have seen that one. That would have been nice at that point of the game on the road, already up to potentially put yourself in position to get 10 points on the board, 14, you know, what could you do? Yep. And now I'm just going to fast forward. These were all plays, you know, the, the four plays right there that we showed in the first quarter of the game where they had opportunities to make big plays, okay, get the offense going. And, you know, making plays like that early in the game gives the whole offense confidence. It gives Chan, you know, a much better uh, – uh, a standpoint, you know, to, to be aggressive in, in calling plays, uh, you know, going forward. Sometimes, you know, you miss those plays, you miss those opportunities. Uh, you know, coaches get a little bit more conservative with the play calls. You, you know, you, you add a few sacks in the game you know, you want to start getting the ball out quick, uh, hit the underneath routes, and you don't give yourself a chance to, you know, get back to those plays, those downfield plays. Okay, and now we're going to go uh, to last play of the game, last offensive play of the game for uh, uh, for Miami. Okay, and this is the interception. Now Fitzy did an unbelievable job uh, driving the team from from the from the one yard line, getting them in position. One minute ten left on the clock. It's third and eight. This is the play, you know, to to tie the game up, put it into overtime potentially. Okay, and the play was there. Okay, but it's uh, you know. Uh, two guys could have helped this play out uh, a little bit more. And I'm going to show you, okay, you see this bunch set again, okay, just like on the last play. And what do you see on the point position right here, Jason? Point on point. And the same yeah. thing on the other side, the last play. Exactly. Okay, so you got man-to-man. -man, you got press coverage over here. You got press coverage right here on, on the point man of, of, the, uh, of the bunch set, okay? You got two on two over the top. Now they're a little bit different set here. Okay, they're not bracketing inside and out over these two guys. Okay, because they changed up their coverage just a little bit. They actually brought four man pressure, so they have an extra guy uh, in uh, 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 in coverage. So what they end up doing is playing kind of a robber situation. Okay, and what I mean by one robber, okay, is you got a free safety in the middle. Okay, and Simmons is going to roll back to the middle over here and from his free safety position. You got man across the board, five on five, man. But, okay, when, when guys play man in a robber situation, they always want outside leverage to force the receiver back to the inside because there's going to be a freed-up linebacker looking for any inside breaking route. So he's kind of zoning up in the middle, okay, looking for any – routes that are breaking back towards the middle. So, you know, the defenders know this. They're going to stay outside leverage. They're going to make sure they don't get beat to the outside. 
okay, but they give up the inside breaking, uh, breaking routes because they know they have help, okay, from the linebacker position and from the free safety rolling back to the middle of the field, okay. So now in this play, okay, what you had was you had a quick flat route by Perry from the point, okay, and you had these two receivers, I think that was Gasicki and, and, and Parker running what we call a scissor route. Okay, so it's a post from the outside and a flag from the inside receiver. So it's a scissor out on, 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 on the top. Now, when I'm Devontae Parker over here, you got a tight formation. Okay, I know I'm running a post route. Okay, and I see that I have outside leverage man over the top of me. Okay, so what I want to do as a receiver and as a quarterback, what I want to tell my receiver to do is make sure you press this guy as far outside as you could go before you take it back up into the post. Okay, because the one guy that's going to take this play away uh, with this leverage, okay, you got him beat on the post no matter what you do. Okay, but you don't want to beat him too quick to the inside because where's his help? Right there. Right, right here. Okay, the safety over the top coming over to make that play. Okay, number two. Okay, if I'm uh, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay, I want to also make sure I know I got this guy. I know I'm going to him on the post. Okay, so what do I got to do? I got to make sure I hold this free safety uh, in the middle and see that he doesn't come over the top of it. Okay, now two things that happen here. Okay, Fitzpatrick ended up looking left all the way. He looked right to it. You know, he kind of knew it. And I think, you know, sometimes you get into these situations, you know you got to play dialed up. It's the right play call. You know that, uh, you know, it, it should be there, but you press it and you don't take, you, you don't play the play, the play with patience. Uh, and you try and, you know, push it right there. Okay, and I think this is what happened a little bit from Parker and from Fitz, okay. Uh, seeing that the plays, you know, could and should be there, but rushing both the route and the uh, and the read just a little bit. So as we go forward, I'm going to slow it down. Okay, we'll come slow motion on it so you can see. Okay, again, you're going to see Perry come off the line. He's going to break to the outside. You're going to see Gasicki run a flag route. Okay, and you're going to see Parker come off the line right in here. Now he's attacking the, the, the defender, but look at the outside leverage that he's maintaining over here. He's staying all the way to the outside, and he breaks real quick, okay, gets all the way in almost to the hash, okay, where Simmons can make that play, okay. What I'd love to see him do right here is really push him out to the numbers, okay, because this guy is staying. He's going to stay on his outside leverage, okay, and if he gets all the way out to the numbers and comes right up this B, there's no way that Simmons could come across and make that play, okay? So that's something a receiver can help out with, okay? By running the route just a little bit uh, more fine-tuned, okay? And then also something that Fitzpatrick can do, right? knowing that there's a, a free safety in the middle of the field, knowing that you want to hit this post route over here if he just holds that defender with his eyes a little bit instead of staring him down. And, and throwing it right in there, okay? Another play, hey, you know, you had opportunities early in the game, 
to extend your lead. And then you had an opportunity right here at the end of the game uh, to tie it up and, and potentially uh, put it into overtime. So the, the, the chances are there. The opportunities are there. Okay, the execution got to got to come together and the confidence, uh, you know, is going to explode from there. If they can make one or two of these plays, uh, you know, a game going forward, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll take defenses out of their uh, pressure man-to-man -man, uh, defenses. Uh, it'll help open up the run game a little bit more uh, by softening the defense up a little bit, and it'll give this offense so much more confidence moving forward. Oh, which is an ineffective sell almost, or lack thereof on that last play by Parker. But, uh, you know, you mentioned it. The opportunities are there. These are tough losses to see, but they're one possession and they're learning from losses. So there's a lot of confidence, I think, going into, you know, a Jet game where you need to get right on an unvictorious team in the division. And I do think that this is a terrific, as mentioned, opportunity for Tua, the offensive line, the receivers, for this team to step up and say, last week was last week. What are you going to do now for the rest of the season? And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to enjoying some turkey and watching uh, some football. Of course. Of course. What's, what's your favorite side dish? Uh, uh, it's no-brainer. It's a sweet potato pie with a ton of marshmallows on top, Jay. You throw that in the oven, you get a little crust on that marshmallow. You the candied yams. It's exactly right. Now, what about you? I like it. I'm a stuffing guy. I, lo I love a good stuffing uh, – yeah, but it's got it's got to be a good homemade stuffing, uh, like my sister-in-law makes. She makes a great uh, stuffing for us, uh, so I'm looking forward to enjoying that. Oh, that's fantastic! And are you a turkey guy? Or do you circumvent the turkey? Oh no, I I love turkey. That a guy. I love turkey. That's that's. And, you need the turkey. I'm looking forward. You know, Thanksgiving always brings back some some good memories. Uh, you know, for for me and my dolphin uniform. Uh, you know, going to Dallas, uh, winning that Thanksgiving game, you know, that's always a, a big treat, uh, bringing back those memories of 2003. That was one of the most enjoyable Dolphin games in my memory I've ever watched. I think you accounted for four. You rushed for a touchdown in that game as well as threw for a hat trick to Chris Chambers. That's correct, yep. Oh, that was one fantastic game. And the Leon Lent 1992 Missed field goal, sliding into oh, the yeah. end zone. My family said, I guess this guy likes Miami Dolphins football. Another great, another great memory. Oh, yes. that was one of the tops. That was one of the uh, initial TV moments in New York that just solidified my fandom. But, uh, hey, what a great get with uh, Dr. Chow today. And pro football doc is just a fantastic place to get. I don't care what you like football. Uh, regular watching, fantasy, gaming, just knowing on who to root for who might Play, might not play. What a fantastic guy. And uh, I really got to hear that story. I'm very looking forward to it. <laughs> we'll get that one offline after this. <laughs> Jason, Jason, you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy with the family and all those fin maniacs out there. Uh, you as well. Have a great, happy Thanksgiving. And we're looking forward to, uh, to another – it's Jet Week. It's Jet Week this week. Uh, so we got a big weekend after uh, the holiday. Get your leftovers ready. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Jets. Absolutely. And uh, thanks, as always, to Jay Feeler for breaking down this film. And uh, happy and healthy to everyone out there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Welcome to the Pro Football Doc Command Center here. This is where it all happens on Sundays. You can see we got a crew of people and all the games on. This is how we get a head start for next week. And we get all the information on the field view, injury 
index and all the homework. We do it all for you so that you don't have to. Whether it's fantasy, DFS, or gambling, make yourself a winner. Join profootballdoc.com for absolutely free. Email and a password is all you need, no credit card.